Kia ora beautiful and welcome to episode 59 of the Get Confident podcast. Today we have a guest. Her name is Kerry Hodge. She's from down south here in New Zealand. This woman has an incredible life and it is so inspiring. I cannot wait for you to hear today's discussion. We're talking all about success with a really full busy life. We're going to get straight into it because I don't want to spoil anything. All right, enjoy. I'm Janelle Hosking and you beautiful are here to get confident. No more self-doubt, no more overthinking, no more what ifs. I'm helping you grow your confidence so you can live a fulfilled life. Welcome to the show. Kerry, so happy to have you on the show today. We're going to get started with the infamous this or that. Are you ready for Fantastic. it? Yes. Beautiful. M&Ms or Skittles? M&Ms all the way. Mm, so no good. question about it <laughs> walking or running if I was being chased by zombies I would walk away not even then would I run <laughs> so you will always find me walking in a state of emergency <laughs> I love that but it's safe it's safe right like you're never going to be in that horror movie where you trip over something because you're trying to run away from the zombie you're like I'm walking you know exactly. I'm not gonna I've trip. got this yeah, I'll be like, come at me, zombies. I'm obviously not worried about you because I'm in no rush. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's so funny. Um, singing or dancing? Oh, singing. Oh, singing so much. I love to sing. Brings me all the joy in the world. Me too. Now, yeah. what do you think or feel about your singing voice? Like, are you one of these people who, when you sing, others are like, oh my gosh, your voice is like heaven? Or when you sing, are they like, can you please stop? Well, actually, I have a very good singing voice and others mm. love hearing me sing. But the problem is singing is one area where I really, really struggle with self-confidence. And that is my one massive goal for this year is to be able to get back up on stage and sing again. So wow. that is what I'm working on. That is incredible. I yeah, my I children, however, my children think I'm a terrible singer. I constantly be like, stop singing, mum. But you know what? Their opinions don't matter on that just yet. <laughs> totally. And you'll be like, wait till you grow up. You'll think my singing is amazing. Exactly. Take your few exactly. years, right? <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. Jeans or like active wear track pants kind of style? Uh, generally jeans, but the jeans have to have stretch in them. If I can't mm. function and move in them, then they're no good to me. Mm-hmm. But they What's also the have to have pockets. Them? I think the reason I don't lean towards active wear is because most of the time they don't have pockets. And I'm a girl that needs pockets, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Cats or dogs? Uh, now, I'm going to say this quietly because my cat is in the room and she's a bully. But it's <laughs> always going to be dogs. <laughs> always dogs. <laughs> so do you have dogs? I do. I have a lovely Labrador hunterway cross called Nina. She's absolutely beautiful, um, except for at the beach where she likes to be as vocal as possible. It's the mm. only time she barks, but it's just so constant and loud. It makes the beach not quite as relaxing as one would hope, but otherwise we love her all the same. <laughs> oh, so does that mean you don't take her to the beach or you take her there anyway because you know she loves it? We take her there anyway, and we're just really lucky that the beach we go to hardly ever has people on it, so that's quite good for everyone involved. (laughs) Just ruins our serenity. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like awesome family time, though. One more. Yeah. Aquarium or zoo? Uh, To be honest, neither. 
Um, mm-hmm. But only because of my thoughts on uh, animals being in enclosures that aren't designed for them. But yes. I do lean more towards the land-dwelling uh, creatures than the ocean-dwelling creatures. So I guess in that sense it would be the zoo. Yeah, oh, I so, so hear you on that one. Very fascinating. But then in, actually in saying okay. that, yeah. there's the safety of being at an aquarium and being able to look at a shark up shark up close and be like wow you're amazing whereas you'd never catch me in the ocean doing that so I you know there's a a good goodness to both (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely I find aquariums so fascinating I guess it's obviously just the creatures that are you know in the ocean or that live in water and then um just yeah I guess being able to see them whereas normally you wouldn't you know um I remember I went to Sydney by myself a few years ago and I stayed with my friend and she was you know still working every day but then we were hanging out at nighttime and I remember like I caught the train I caught this bus I did all of this like Kentucky just to get myself to the aquarium because I was just so fascinated just this girl by herself in the aquarium pretty much all day and yep. it was so good <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's something about being underwater but being dry that's amazing too <laughs> you cannot you cannot beat it for sure that's okay right. Kerry I'm so happy that we have the opportunity to speak with you today you have a lot going on in your life right you have two children one of them is autistic as well and you homeschool him you run two businesses and of course you look after a household as well is there anything else you do that I've forgotten Um, about (laughs) no for now that's it um other than renovations on a house um but for now this is it uh just working towards my goals and my dreams uh with my children by my side and it's fantastic I love that, you know, straight away being able to identify like your why of why you're doing it. You're working towards those goals and dreams with your children. That is so beautiful. How do you do it all? Um, I, You know what? I used to get very overwhelmed mm-hmm. um, and then I learned to just stop, to just breathe and to just reduce it down to three things a day. And when you've got it to those three things a day, life becomes easier and the overwhelm just starts to fall off your shoulders. So I do what I can to make sure I've got balance in my life between work Mm. and things that bring me joy, like spending time with my family, spending time with my friends, Mm. being in my garden, going for walks. Um, It really is about balance. And if you don't put the self-care first, then the rest will fast slip away. So it's important to make sure you're taking care of yourself. So important. I was talking to a coach the other day and she was saying to me that as women, it's really easy for us to treat self-care like a luxury when really it's a necessity. And hearing that, yeah, I was like, boom, you know, like drop the mic and leave the room kind of thing. That is so true because it's really easy for us to wear this busy badge of honor and and try and um, do all of the things, you know, and we forget about ourselves. We put ourselves last. So hearing that of like, we need to stop thinking of self-care as a luxury and notice it as a necessity. That's clearly, you know, what you've just shared. And that is so beautiful. How do you choose the three things though because I imagine you know you've probably got this big list of maybe 50 things on it what helps you each day to decide what gets the priority of your time so generally I do it the night before because waking Mm. up on the day and trying to figure things out on the day always ends in a panic because then the list gets longer and longer so if I look at it the day before I can see what's ahead of me and then I might see 20 things on that list but I go through and I pick the top three things that are going to get done because 
it's very easy to achieve the three things. Is it easy to achieve the fourth thing? Never. <laughs> like as soon as you add the next one in, it's hard. But if I know that I can achieve those three things, it's awesome. And if I achieve four, five, six, ten things, then how awesome is that? I've achieved more than I set out to each day. So yes. it's about setting goals that are achievable for myself and mm-hmm. um, ones that I'm not going to be overwhelmed thinking that I have to finish my entire list today. I just break it down into the simple things. Mm. And as a matter of urgency too and priority of what needs done first. Yeah, for sure. And like reminding yourself that the world's not going to end if you don't get to do it all, you know. Absolutely. You can wake up tomorrow and pick it back up then kind of thing. That's right, yeah. Mm. Okay, talk me through your day from start, like the moment you wake up, right through to the end of your day. And I want to know times as well. Like help us to visualize a day in the life of someone who has such a full life. Okay. Now I will start by saying I'm a big believer in routine and I function extremely well on routine and I try Mm. to include it every day. But also as part of my strategy and reducing the overwhelm on myself, I go easy if one day I wake up and I think, oh my God, the thought of doing yoga makes me want to vomit right now. And I don't do it. And it's okay to have the days off and it's okay to be flexible and not be hard on yourself. So I will say that first. But what I try to do is sort of wake up. My body naturally wakes me up between 6.30 and 7. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I sort of get up and try to do a workout um, at home, which is yoga. Um, Mm -hmm. I do that on just on YouTube, Yoga with Adrienne. If you have not discovered her, she's amazing. Uh, She does 30-day programs that sort of all focus on different things. Um, And this one's actually about finding our center. And it just, she talks about how over the last few years, everybody has been knocked off their center by everything that's happening in the world. So it's about Mm -hmm. coming back to that. Um, While I don't do it every day, what I do notice is on the days that I do do it, um, I have so much more focus, so much more mental clarity and just a really better outlook for the day. Um, and that's probably due to the amazing sleep that it's giving me at night time. So um, having that in my life, I know that it works. Um, and mm-hmm. I know that it's beneficial for many areas of my life. And so that is a really great way to start my day. If I don't make it to that, then I'll try to fit in a walk sort of first thing in the morning as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so once I've done my work up, workout, I get up and the kids are usually awake after a little bit of a morning snuggle and sorting out lunches and school boxes. <laughs> lunch boxes and school bags um yeah then then we get ready for our day so on mondays tuesdays and wednesdays i homeschool um my oldest son felix mm-hmm. um now this has been a journey we um, started homeschool a year ago so it's new to us um in the mm. year that we did start we also went through family separation so there was mm. a lot for us all to navigate our way through and absolutely first year was really um a lot of unschooling Um, Mm -hmm. in the sense that he had become so upset within the school system that um, we had to find him again and find what Mm -hmm. worked for him. So this Mm -hmm. year, me and him have sat down together and we've created a really good uh, formula for our homeschool year. So that is how the day is structured with him. And he functions like me in shorter blocks. So Mm -hmm. his day is broken down into half-hour blocks, which Mm -hmm. means my day that I have is also broken down into half hour blocks mm-hmm. and whatever window of opportunity during that nine to three period I have, if it's for 
three minutes. <laughs> if mm-hmm. it's for 30 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, I throw myself into whatever work I can do. Um, he sits mm-hmm. his computer up at my desk. And mm-hmm. so we sort of work alongside each other. Mm-hmm. It's really hard. I won't lie. It's, it's a big mm-hmm. juggle. Um, and it's very hard to and switch from, you know, if I've got my full focus on my work and then he asks mm-hmm. me a question. It takes a while to re-engage my brain. But Knowing that this is my windows, um, I just can't dwell on the fact and I can't complain that I don't have a solid eight hours. I just actually have to make do with what I've got in front of me and so mm-hmm. I make it work. So, yeah, that nine to three is uh, a bit of a juggle. Um, after school, same sort of thing. We slot it in as and where we can um, and then in the evenings once the kids go down, then I try to get at least two or three solid hours. It does not mean that I get to bed early, um, mm. which is something I'm actually trying to change again this year because I, while I'm a night owl and I cope fine with it, I would like to start getting into better habits of going to bed early. Yeah, it really is a matter of squeezing things in. Um, on wow. Thursdays and Fridays when um, Felix is with his father and mm-hmm. his brother, younger brother Khan is at school, then I make the most of that time and Thursdays is solely dedicated to my photography business, uh, catching up on admin, editing, marketing, all of the things I need to do. And then on Fridays, I work in my second business um, Mm -hmm. at Ara Creative Studios where we actually Mm -hmm. help other small businesses to gain the self-confidence, to learn how to do their own marketing, create their own content. That's how it looks. And then Saturdays, Sundays, evenings, uh, if clients book in, um, Mm -hmm. I just jump juggle it to make it work so um it's juggling it's Mm. um mostly staying positive and believing that I can do it and that I can fit the work in and that I will achieve what I've set out to achieve and so far it's working I was actually just talking to my partner about this today I said you always fill the time that you have so if you have the capacity to work full-time on something, whether that's a job or whether that's a business, you will fill that time. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're filling it with good things. So sometimes, um, you know, I know for myself, if I give myself less time to do things, I actually find that I do it and I do it better and then I'm able to go on and do something else that's, you know, like not work-related and, um because holding on to that theory of like you feel the time that you have so if you give yourself eight hours to do a thing you're going to take eight hours to do the thing you know um and so you were talking about uh you know you work throughout the day in say 30 minute blocks is that the time where you are trying to start one of these three things or or do you go like you're kind of doing all three at once are you a multitasker or a single tasker uh, I, I'm a very good multitasker, but what I try to do is focus on finishing one because it could just be a simple thing as respond to one client email. And as you can yeah. imagine, when you've got three minutes here and one minute and then it's six hours until you get the next minute, um, it really is important that I focus on finishing that one task first mm. and then moving on to the next. So again, prioritizing those top three tasks into mm. what is the top task because I never quite know where the day is going to go, um, especially yeah. in regards to homeschool and um, some of the challenges that we encounter Mm. along the neurodiverse journey. Our days can be quite unpredictable. So it's really a matter of just focusing on one task at a time, getting it done and feeling good that I've ticked that off Mm -hmm. and I 
can move on to the next thing. I can add another thing to the list, but I'm not staring at a massive list because as soon as I stare at that massive list, it's like an avalanche weighing on me and I can't see that one thing or that Mm -hmm. two things or the three things that need done. So if I can pull those out the night before, then I know instantly Mm. this is what has to be done. Mm -hmm. I think that's such a good way to do it. And I've been talking to one of my clients at the moment about like time management and blocking out sections of your day. And I really think a big part of it is taking five, 10 minutes the day before, you know, like what you obviously do. And it seems to be working so well, because that means that when you sit down at your desk or, you know, again, whether that's for work or business or whatever, you already know what you're doing. And for instance, I even did that last night where, um, I use my calendar a lot and I put tasks and stuff in my calendar. So then I get notified yeah. of like, Janelle, this is what you should be doing right now. All that good stuff. And yeah. I have all of that. And then last night when I was going to have a shower in the evening, my mind was just on like podcast, podcast, podcast. And this was stuff yeah. that isn't calendared out yet. It isn't on my bigger to-do list. And so I was like, oh, stuff it. I'm just going to go write in my journal, put this or put in my notebook and put down these three podcast things. And I'm going to change around the time blocking. And that's what I'm going to do first thing tomorrow. And then when I woke up today, I knew straight away, okay, cool. I'm sitting at my desk to do these three things. And it felt so good to do them, you know? It does. It feels so good. You take off those three things and you're like, I have achieved. And then you have that cup of tea and it's just so good and so refreshing and so well earned. Yeah, yeah. And then you do that next task and you're like, God, I'm just an overachiever today, you know. (laughs) I'm smashing life. That's so true. Okay, so when you have got a life that is as full on as yours, I know how valuable it can be to take regular times and moments to kind of assess how things are going and making sure that everything is working as efficiently as possible. Is that something that you do in your own life? And if you do, how does that look for you? Um, I wouldn't say regularly, but I definitely do check in with myself on what's working and what's not. Um, when I, I know I learned many years ago that if I'm in a low state um, drinking alcohol, of any amount of quantity quantity is not going to be good for me. So mm-hmm. I try and if I know that things haven't been going well or I'm struggling, I am have learnt to really nurture my self-care um, mm-hmm. and make sure that that's taking priority again. So if um, things aren't going well at home, then the kids are maybe feeling a little unsettled, mm-hmm. uh, then that's my cue to actually step back from work and step Mm -hmm. back into making sure that they're supported and I'm supported and we're doing what we can do to make sure that we're going to continue to function as a family because it's Mm -hmm. all good having my business great but if my family's falling apart around me then that's not going to work so um, checking it and checking in with them with the kids as well to see um, because you know with me fitting in all these pockets of time especially in the evenings um I feel like sometimes I'm like, mummy's just working. Mummy's got to work. Mummy's got to do this. Or, you know, and, and I feel that pressure on them and I don't like putting that onto them. So I, I do check in with them and we actually set goals together as a family of, um, you know, and it could be related to my business. So when I reach X target of financials, mm. what do you guys want to do to help me celebrate, you know? And in doing so, they choose the celebration. And then we talk about how, well, for mummy to do that and to reach this goal, I need your help. So oh they step up and help with chores and things like yeah. that. And and we just have a really open line of communication with me and the kids of how what the work, me working, mm-hmm. provides for all of us, not just mm-hmm. financially, but what, 
you know, they don't understand the Wi-Fi has to be paid for, the power has to be paid for. <laughs> yeah. You know, they don't, so so being able to explain to them what my work does in the sense mm. of things that they'll understand and how their help can actually help me um, has been really mm. great and it's been really awesome to see them step up from mm. children and really young men. They're 12 and 10 now, but it's been yeah. really beautiful, especially over this past year, to see them um, grow and support my dreams and in turn me be able to support theirs and, and how mm. they want to grow. So, yeah, teamwork. Oh, <laughs> Kiri, that is so beautiful. And I think you're probably the first person I've ever spoken to. Like this is clients, this is life full stop, who has shared that around you know, it's it's not a separate thing. You don't have your own goals and then you just exist with your family and you're not um, intentionally striving for anything. It's like, no, we're doing this all together and they really understand that. How did that first yeah. come about? Like what was the scenario that led to that becoming something that you guys do as a family? Uh, probably to be, to be fair, the scenario is probably the separation. Mm-hmm. Um, and needing to support each other through it and mm-hmm. really affirm that we were a team even though a team looked different mm-hmm. um, and that and there was also a lot of work in reaffirming that me and their father are still a team even though that looks different yes. now too. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to parenting, we still are the, the team. And so really emphasising their role in the team and our role in the team and how we can all work together to make all of us feel happy and all of us feel like our lives are being fulfilled and that we are reaching for the things that we all want. So um, it's always just with my kids, um, with everything we've approached in their lives, just about openness and honesty. Um, Mm -hmm. Right from a young age, we really um, explained to them what was happening around them so that Mm -hmm. they would um, understand a bit more, Um, especially in regards to uh, my autistic son and his um, behaviors and the way he learns and so mm-hmm. I think that's just naturally carried on into every aspect of our life is just being open and honest about how we feel how mm-hmm. things are impacting us um, and then what we dream of and how we're going to get there um, because it's teaching them these steps as well of how to maintain their self-care and how to mm-hmm. work really hard for the things that they want without burning themselves out. Mm-hmm. That is so yeah. beautiful and it sounds like you are such an incredible role model, you know, and that is an awesome, um, that is an awesome set of skills to be teaching them for their life, you know. Um, wow, that is so awesome. I honestly, you know, that wasn't planned, folks at home. We didn't know we were <laughs> going to go there. I just think that is, that is so awesome. Like, is that something you do, say, um, once a month or, you know, how do you, I don't know, you said you're all about routines and systems. Is that something that you regularly check in on with, say, like family meetings? Because I know my partner and I, every week, we have an intention to have this meeting called a powwow. And that is where we do our life and our goals and our week ahead and our budget, like everything all encompassing is in that one meeting. And that it's just been yeah. so good for us. Yeah, I don't. We don't really have a set uh, family meeting or such, but every night at bedtime, uh, I'm always available to them to sit and discuss how the day went. That is always a locked in. We just check in throughout the day. Um, mm-hmm. Just got very used to reading each other, reading each other's emotions and behaviours, and uh, knowing when's the time to just step back and give someone five minutes of space. Well, that's still working on the giving me space thing, but you know, <laughs> it's a learning curve. But yeah, it's it is it's important with kids. I think like if we did it every month. I don't think it would have the same power that it does. Checking in with them daily is just that reminder of it's okay to feel the way you're feeling if you're having Mm -hmm. a shit day. 
um, mm -hmm. but it's important that you learn to communicate that and um, find ways to manage it other than deflecting it onto other people sort of yeah checking in with them each day gives them that opportunity to reflect on where they're at mm -hmm. how they might want to do better the next day and things mm. like that and it's not as a, it's not a formal sit down because mm. two two young boys uh, <laughs> do, do not want to engage they just don't want to engage like that yeah. just like, oh mum I don't want to talk about it you know so um it's really oh, just God. slipping it into yeah just slipping it into conversation so casually for all of these years that now it's actually just second nature to us too. Just yeah. it's just how we roll. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that is so beautiful. No matter what, it's clearly an intentional thing. But from what I hear you saying, you know, say my partner and I ask us every single week we do it, and same as you. Like, of course, our stuff pops up each day, which it always does. You talk about them too, but you know, without fail, you've got this time. Whereas yours is like the the ongoing daily open honesty conversations and making sure that you're available for that, you know, that you have capacity for that. So really curious to know, like, what do you, I know you've shared about your self-care things. When you're having one of those days where things aren't going to plan, what helps you to get through those days? Just lots of deep breaths and lots of mm -hmm. reminding myself that it's okay. It is okay to have a shit day. Everybody has them. And, um, to drop the comparison, the first thing I do is get off social media. Um, that does no one any favours when you're in a bad mood. So um, while we all use it very heavily for business, we use it heavily for personal reasons, um, and it's great. It's an amazing tool. Um, mm. But when I'm in a, a low state, I find that I go on platforms like Instagram and I automatically become critical and I start filling myself with self-doubt that I'm not wow. as good as this person or, you know, why is this person with blurry photos got a million more followers than me when mine are crisp clear, you know. But then I I remember who I am and why I'm doing that and mm -hmm. and and then look back at all the positive things that have come through my work, um, all the amazing reviews I've had and the people that keep coming back for year after mm. year for photos. Like that's all the evidence I don't need. I don't need validation from Instagram. It's mm -hmm. my people that mm -hmm. uh, I get validation from so stepping back from that um, and getting out of the overwhelm of it and just reminding myself of those little things is a really good way to kick off the overwhelm focusing on um, movement either through mm -hmm. yoga or walking also another real great way when I'm overwhelmed it just the fresh air and the movement just helps get it out um, and it changes your state too absolutely absolutely um, and it's a it's so fantastic because and for me, loud music when I'm doing it. So there's mm. singing as well. So getting everything out. And then yes. you can do it here. I'm blessed to live in the most spectacular place. And there are nature walks everywhere that are so secluded and there's no one around. So it doesn't matter if I'm singing out of key loudly. <laughs> no one's going to hear me. But I feel such a weight fall off me when I'm able to do that and just get it all out the beach is fantastic because the waves are loud so they can't even tell that I'm off key no one could hear me even if they were and on the, the dog, beach so. the dog's barking anyway so can't exactly. hear you over that <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah it's just it's a it's really about um finding that space and also being really aware of my self-care so um, I've had a really hectic week um and it's been very up and down um mm -hmm. and a really dear friend we'd arranged to go for a walk tonight and I messaged her and said look I'm really sorry I'm feeling really overwhelmed and stressed. And tonight I just think that what I need is just to rest and mm -hmm. reset. And mm -hmm. what I love is that I've surrounded myself with people who appreciate that. Instead of getting mm -hmm. mad and saying, we mm -hmm. had plans and I want to do this. She said, I'm so proud of you for setting these yeah. boundaries. 
Yeah. Like how cool is that to have people in my life that respect, they're there for me and, mm-hmm. and will support me in whatever way I need, but they see that what I need is just space today. And mm-hmm. so they happily give me that. So that's what helps as well as, as having energy around me that mm. is only supportive and positive um, and no one weighing me down with um, things that I don't need to carry, you know. And mm-hmm. so having, mm-hmm. having those good people in my life has been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And, and you know, you've clearly created that as well because you set the boundary for yourself and you teach people how to treat you. So, um, you know, you saying it how it is and saying, hey, I actually need to chill and have a break. Like people, good people, people who, you know, know you and you've intentionally put around you, of course they're going to understand that. And, you know, if somebody didn't, <laughs> you'd be like, hmm, going to reassess this friendship you know or like absolutely yeah and same even with clients um you know um I understand people's need to now to you've seen my message so I need an immediate reply um Mm. I understand that but um what I do is if you are going to push me when I've explained that I don't have the capacity for this right Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. then you're not my people and Mm -hmm. you will find someone to better serve you than me but I Mm -hmm. um respect myself and my space enough to not carry other people's energy when it's Mm -hmm. unnecessary yeah and that is such a that's a beautiful part of self-confidence you know that's a really that's a real big journey to to get to that point where you can stand strong in that um and so that's that's wonderful and again that's a really great example that you're showing your children that they can pick up on as well and that they can carry through in their life have you always worked for yourself or were you traditionally employed no I've traditionally was employed for years um and I actually have no formal photography qualifications I actually have a degree in psychology um my goal prior to this was I worked for years in the um health um mental health and education sectors um, Mm -hmm. helping others and my goal was to actually work with autistic children Mm -hmm. Um, and then I had a child and then my child was diagnosed with autism and everything just felt a bit much and Mm -hmm. um, I felt living and working um, in the field of autism was Mm -hmm. was a lot of heaviness I guess and I needed Mm -hmm. to allow there to be some lightness in my life Mm -hmm. and it was all coincidence and I guess that that brought me to photography when a friend asked Mm -hmm. me to photograph her wedding um that was five years ago and then I just decided to roll with it and um about two years ago I really wanted to push further I was doing jobs part-time jobs um and because my eldest son was struggling so much within the school system what was happening was I was actually having to leave work Mm. to go and pick up my son from Mm. school and so it was a matter of which employer is going to hire me and so I had to make the choice of um, the only way that we could manage um, with the way things were in our life Mm -hmm. at the time was Mm -hmm. if I put myself into business so I started and I winged it and I had no idea what I was doing. And I feel like for the first couple of years, I basically sold my soul to the devil and gave everything away for free. Oh, my um, gosh, yes, I feel you. I didn't, yeah, I didn't value myself and I didn't value my time and I didn't appreciate all of the different components of business that made up my business other than 
taking photos you know like that's what oh, i'll be a photographer I'll, ta- I'll just take a couple of photos and it does not work like that for anyone no. considering <laughs> photography um so yeah it was it was really sort of a matter of having to i jumped on board of course I and mean, i cannot preach about these women enough wow. it was an absolute game changer mm-hmm. and the one thing that really impacted my self-confidence from their course was an exercise that they they suggested we do it nothing was ever you don't have to do it but they, yeah, suggested, they said they said go on your facebook page and just mm-hmm. do a post say what do you think my skills are? Not what mm-hmm. do you like about me, but what do you think my skills are? Because we were talking about if you looked through your your previous work history, instead of being like I worked at X employer and mm-hmm. I did one, mm-hmm. two, three, mm-hmm. what were all of the skills that you gained throughout that time? And so I thought I'll ask my people. And it was absolutely brilliant seeing what came back because it was mm-hmm. things that perhaps other people had made me feel I wasn't. Um, or that I had doubted in myself Um, Mm -hmm. I won't lie the top one that came back on multiple ones is that I was really good at swearing so apologies (laughs) for all the bombs I've dropped throughout this podcast but it was things like resilience it was patience it was kindness it was persistence it was all of these things that I was just going to be like barista with (laughs) kids or you know I I had this whole different list in my head and so too step back and see what other people saw within me you know mm-hmm. not the way I presented nothing like that mm-hmm. they saw that within me mm-hmm. as a person it really boosted who I was I think there was over 109 comments and and no one ever comments that much on Facebook no. and so it was it was comforting and it was absolutely reassuring and so yeah. I wrote those down in the diary and when I'm struggling I go back to that and I wow. remind myself, this is what people see in you, Kerry. They see mm. that. You didn't ask them that. They see that. And so that was the biggest shift in mm. my self-confidence was doing that and and being supported by this group of women that I was mm. doing this course mm-hmm. with that no matter where you are in your journey, uh, if you're just if it's just an idea or if you've mm. been in business for 10 years, you are mm. enough. Your totally. ideas are enough and you can mm-hmm. do it. And at the very least, you you can try. And if you fail, mm-hmm. that's okay too because that's part of the lesson that you're learning. Oh, it is. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so it was really getting out of that and just being like, you, you can do it. You, at the very least, you can try. Absolutely. Oh, that is so cool. I do quite a bit of work helping university students start their first business. And yeah. um it's really fascinating, right? Because it's not always that first idea that ends up being the most successful one, you know? But if you don't start with that first idea, it's not going to lead you onto anything else. You know, you just have to start. And um, literally, you know, say for instance with you, you've got two businesses. If you hadn't have started your photography, you probably wouldn't have ever gotten to the point where you even thought about or felt that you had the skills to actually start the second one you know absolutely (laughs) and the second the second business let me talk to you about that for a second all that Mm. that sprung out of was two local mums um Mm -hmm. because we live 20 minutes north of Dunedin so Mm -hmm. um our kids are at school here and preschool and to drive over the hill to the city and parking and and it we were just stress and we're like I just don't I'm so sick of working from home and there's washing and chores Mm -hmm. I just want an Mm -hmm. office space do you want to share an office space and then that developed into oh we should find something we can create together that's going to um pay our rent 
basically. And so we developed these education sessions. And our goal in that first year was to have 100 clients um, through the doors. And in the first Mm -hmm. six months, we've had over 150. And we edited our goal to be 500 by the end of the year. And we just keep aiming bigger and bigger. Now, this business, um, we try to only operate it one day a week. Mm -hmm. Um, As you can imagine, sometimes there's little pockets tucked (laughs) in here and there that we have to do as well. But that was one of those examples of you don't know until you try. And I was really nervous. I remember meeting her for the first time being like, oh, I'm committing to an office with someone I don't know. And now I just cannot imagine life without her and without her as a business partner and without her as a friend. So um, taking the risks, uh, it doesn't always work out, but unless you try and have that confidence in yourself that you can just give it a shot, then then Mm -hmm. you never know what you're going to, what you're going to get. So Absolutely. And being open to the journey rather than like that destination, just actually, you know, and and being so, um, I guess, so adamant of having to know the answer, you know, and with my one-on-one clients, I have a few people who are starting their own businesses as well. Mm -hmm. And one of them in particular every now and then as we're, you know, talking through it and she's doing so amazing and getting outside of her comfort zone and trying new things and putting her products out there and all this beautiful stuff. And she says to me, I don't know anything about business. And I'm like, I'm trying to tell her like, you're doing it. Like this is it. There's nothing really to know. Like you learn it as you go, you know, (laughs) you have to start. And that's with anything in life. You can't just hold back and expect that you will, end up on that path you know you've got to take those little steps to get there and um honestly I feel like what you are creating for yourself for your whanau and also for your community as well you know being able to have a a building that you're paying rent in you know which is probably helping somebody else to be able to put food on their table like it's just a really beautiful um evolution and an amazing journey to be on that of course has its challenges and um every day is not quite like the day before but you know like you have some pretty epic stories to share about it at the end you know based on what you've just shared with us for the last you know 40 minutes or so yeah (laughs) definitely some epic stories along the way and you know what there's been errors along the way too there's been real tough things that I've had Mm. to deal with um and I'll give you one example. And this was a real defining moment for me. Um, It was probably my first year in business. And I was still, you know, I think I only had the one, maybe I had two cameras then. Um, I didn't have cloud storage um, at the time. Rookie mistake. Um, Not long after my father passed away, um, I was just wrapping up finishing. It was about a month after my father passed away, wrapping up finishing some edits on a wedding. And my Mm. computer fell. Um, off the bench and the photos that was contained on there were shattered on the hard drive so my computer died but also my hard drive died um and I had to tell the couple that I'd lost their wedding photos but I didn't want to tell them until I'd gotten you know so it cost me the cost of a brand new laptop plus a couple of grand to get it to the forensic technicians to get the images back um, I did retrieve the images and I was oh. very grateful to be able to get them to that couple. But um, in the process, uh, an upset family member attacked me and my business online. Um, and I understand their feelings behind that. But it was very hard to manage yeah. while still trying to recover from my father's best. sudden passing mm-hmm. and mm. also trying to continue to grow my business. I had to pay for 
the new computer I just got in the, the photos because I needed the computer to finish the editing the photos. Yeah, for so sure, for sure. Um, it was a really hard time to be in, but it was a massive lesson learnt. And what I did afterwards, and I don't know if this is for everyone, but mm-hmm. I chose to actually go public with what had happened and mm-hmm. own my mistake. Um, mm-hmm. I did this because that's actually just who I am. Oh, it's I didn't authentic. Do it. Yeah, absolutely. It's who I am, and I I wanted people to know that I would do anything for my clients, even mm. in the hard times, and it was mm-hmm. a very hard time for me. Um, mm. But that I would do that for my clients, and I was mm. very proud that I did do that for my clients. And then since then, massive lesson learned. Since then, there's contracts. Since then, there's uh, backup systems, multiple backup systems. But you know, yeah. there, there is failure. There is big failure along the way. But mm. it's believing in yourself enough to know mm-hmm. that you can get past that. I knew that the photos that I delivered in the end, whilst having to unfortunately put them through that heartache of thinking that they'd lost them all, um, I know that the photos I delivered at the end were really awesome photos that really captured their amazing day and so I knew that I could do it and I moved forward and I continue to move forward through that roadblock and have done nothing but grow since so it's not letting those hard times defeat you and quitting Mm -hmm. um and continuing if it's your dream the only one who's going to get you there is you and so you just got to keep moving forward (laughs) far out that that is like an experience of a a lifetime you know and um that would make you grow and in a way make you question everything but then also allow you to realize no this is my dream like I'm going to double down on this and I'm going to figure this out and and make it work and I'm going to be stronger on the other side of it as well my partner is a photographer so I hear everything that you are saying um and my gosh, like the equipment and and even just in terms of startup costs, you know, there's so much that goes into it. And so honestly, lady, my hat goes off to you with with the life (laughs) that you're creating for yourself and for your kids. Thank you. Beautiful. Well, to finish up today, what is one piece of advice you would give to somebody who also feels like they have got so much on their plate and at times it can be really overwhelming and they just want to have some encouragement on, I guess, how to make things better? What would you say to them? Just don't give up. Yeah. If you really want it, do whatever steps it takes to get you there. Um, my steps were listening to all of the advice I could take, personal, professional, everything I could get my hands on, I would absorb it. Mm. Um, surround yourself with people who are going to lift you up and support your dreams. If they're not going to support you, move along. You've got get a out. way, a path <laughs> to forge, and you need to get there. Um, but really just don't doubt yourself because you might be the only person who's actually doubting yourself when everyone else might believe in you and your goals. So mm-hmm. although it's hard, just keep putting that one foot in front of each other and do what you can. You can mm. only do what you can and what you can do is enough. Thank you so much, Kerry, for being on the show today. It's been an epic episode that I hope you listening at home listen to this multiple times because there's so much good <laughs> stuff in here. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a really cool experience and Something else that I am now proud to say I've done. Holy moly, was I nervous before this. Um, <laughs> and I was full you of doubt. Tell. 
I was so full of doubt and nerves and, oh, my God, how's it going to go? And you know what? You've made me feel really comfortable and relaxed. So thank you for allowing me to be on this and um, helping me with my confidence today. 